Let's see. We're going to get the call here. We're getting the right call. That's all that matters. After review, good goal. Good goal. After reviewing the play, the call on the ice stands. We got a goal. How's it going, Rangers and overall hockey fans? Thank you guys so much for chiming in for the latest episode here at Rangers Review. You can catch us live here right now on the YouTube channel if you guys are listening to this, or of course, wherever you get your audio podcasts. This is episode 63. Myself, Tyler. You guys know me as Wardy, especially from my main YouTube channel covering the New York Mets at Wardy NYM. But we have my beloved co-host, as always, Steven. Stapoy Steven, that you guys know, of course, from social media, among other things. If you know the Rangers, you know prospects, and surely you know Steven by now. And we haven't recorded in a month, Steven, and a lot has happened during that time, especially on my front. I'm not going to lie. There were so many things that were happening left and right between my own. I, of course, cover the New York Mets as a daily. I work for a uh, network now and believe, so I have to make sure that I'm committed to that constantly, too. And you've been busy with your work, respectively. And during that time, some significant things have happened for the Rangers, especially over the past week. So, we're going to be deep diving all the latest on the Rangers front, folks, starting with Jacob Truba being the 28th captain in Rangers history. We are also going to be deep diving, nitpicking the brain that is Steven regarding the latest prospect updates as the World Junior Championships right now are being highlighted by Rangers prospect Brennan Othman and others. And then also taking a look at the team's physicality heading into the year and why Steven thinks that is an important factor for evaluating this team going forward. Playing again, too, very excited. But more than anything, Steven, how are you doing today, my friend? Uh, doing well, and yeah, we need to talk about the Truba captaincy because we haven't had a chance yet. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, uh, last last week or so, week like last eight days, been pretty caught up in the world juniors. Uh, we have seven prospects at the start. Um, we'll dive into that in a little bit more detail. So, yeah, hockey in August doesn't always sound exciting, but for once, it actually is. Yeah, I'm excited because unfortunately for me, I'll, I'll tell this to everyone right now listening. I have not been able to keep up daily with the uh, World Junior Championships the way that Steven has it all, just given my schedule. So I'm excited to hear what Steven has to say. What's it, What exactly has been going on with Offman? I know that performance-wise, he's been close to a point per game. He's been doing really well so far. And also, how is Will Cooley looking? How is uh, Secura looking other than the five-minute major I saw him get the other night? So I'm excited to go into this prospect realm a bit. But before we really deep dive that the nit and gritty bad, Steven, let's talk about of course, the biggest news. Now, when this first broke a week ago, we had intentions of recording, but I was actually out of town that day, so we weren't able to make it happen. Steven ended up doing a Twitter space, something he's been doing a lot lately. Make sure to check him out, of course, Statboy underscore Steven on Twitter. A lot of times when he wants to talk Rangers, he just opens up his space, but he was actually on HockeyDB. Yeah, the main website for all your hockey information invited him on to speak about the Rangers and Truba, Kenny Albert, of course, the goaded Kenny Albert was in discussion there too and had some very choice words, positive words to say about Truba becoming captain. But, Stephen, before I ask you what your raw opinion was, this I want to share mine initially and tell you how much it has changed over this week's time. Now, we got the news originally the night before uh, over this past week, and that was, of course, from Kevin Weeks, who does a great job breaking news wherever he is. It doesn't matter. He's going to be making an announcement happen. And, when I saw Truba, I was initially disappointed. I'm going to be full 
full out blunt and say that because I'm someone that's been a heavy advocate for Chris Kreider, even Mika's manager to a lesser extent, but one of those two at minimum felt like that they were the most deserving to be anointed captain for the New York Rangers. So when I see Jacob Truba, a man who do not get me wrong, had a really nice season for the Rangers this past year and in playoffs prove that physicality can be a factor in helping the team and they're winning. But with all that being said, Chris Kreider, a 50-plus goal season. It felt inevitable that he would be anointed captain. He's the longest tenured New York Ranger on this roster right now. Right behind him is Mika's Zibanejad now. And neither of these guys are captains. So initially, I was taken back. I was not satisfied from a fan perspective. But I did know and I did understand that just because maybe from a fan's point of view, I'm not the most happy, that shouldn't denounce the potential impact it is having on the locker room. And at the end of the day, if the locker room is happy, then that is the most important thing, right? Us met, us Ranger fans, we're going to get used to Jacob Truba being captain. And if there's one thing we know about Rangers captains in years past, it ends up leading to trades. So not sure how you guys feel about that. You might have one feeling or the other. The last Rangers captain was a really strong defenseman and Ryan McDonough, who's now in the National Predators. But I got plenty more to say about this. But Stephen, before I do, let's, let's hear your opinion on this matter, that Jacob Truba is the 28th captain in Rangers history. Mm-hmm. And also... Some words that you heard from Kenny Albert, who does a phenomenal job on the broadcast for the New York Rangers among all teams in the NHL. Yeah. Um, uh, so my initial response was uh, that of surprise. You know, um, I knew his name was in, was in the hat. Uh, it was going to be between Kreider or Truba. I don't think Zibanejad was ever really, really a candidate. But, um, you know, when you when you let it sink in a little bit, uh, it, it makes sense. Of course, it changes the whole dynamic and it changes all the stuff that we talked about over the last six to 12 months because the anticipation, at least on social media, was mostly that, you know, once Jacob Truba's no move clause expires, they're going to have to move him because you already have Fox making 9.5 million on defense. And, you know, you have Schneider, you have Lundqvist in the organization. So, it's an easier gap to fill than if you would trade, let's say, Zibanejad or Panarin or Kreider. I think that's pretty much out the window. Of course, as you alluded to, captains can be traded. If you're named Ryan and you are the captain for the New York Rangers, you usually end up in Tampa. Um, I don't want to get too much into it, but Jacob Truba's middle name is Ryan. Um, but no. <laughs> I did not know that. Of course you know that. Uh, but no, uh, I'm not expecting well, we found our answer. I mean, we can just end, we can just end yeah. the show now. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, Rangers are the first team in NHL history to have four, uh, four uh, sorry, to have five different American-born captains. That's interesting. I did not know that. So uh, Brian Leach, of course, was the first one. Mm-hmm. Then Chris Drury, Ryan Callahan, Ryan McDonough, and now oh. Jacob Truba. Oh, that that adds up. You know what? Wait. I don't know why, but maybe it was because he was in Winnipeg. But for the longest time, I thought Truba was Canadian. Yeah, makes no, sense. No, he, yeah, no, no he's, he's from, not. He's from he's from, he's from Michigan, right? He played with Brady Shea on the U.S. NTDP. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't know. I, I would imagine that I just maybe lost my uh, thought process there because of his time in Winnipeg. So could be, could be. Um, no, but um, you know, four American captains in a row uh, never happened before in the NHL. Very cool. Um, but yeah, look, Truba is the captain of the Rangers now, and it may be a surprise to us as fans, but to the players, it it doesn't come as a surprise. And 
I'll share some of the stuff that Kenny Albert mentioned on that Twitter space that HockeyDB invited me on, which, by the way, was really awesome. You know, um, getting a uh, getting a follow from HockeyDB and then a, and then a DM asking if I wanted to come on to their to their podcast to talk about it with a couple of other Ranger fans it was really cool. And Kenny Albert was there, and he he told he told about um, Game Four against the Penguins where the Rangers lost and they were down three one in the series. Um, Jacob Truba organized a team dinner to sort of get their priorities straight to reset mentally. And then they won three in a row and won the series. That, that is, that is captain material. That kind of stuff is what Absolutely. you expect from a captain. Now I had never heard that story before. So when Kenny Albert mentioned that, that was new, new information to me. And when you hear that the uh, European changes a little bit on the Jacob Truba, when Adam Fox won the Norris Trophy last year, they wanted to have a party to celebrate. So he reached out, he contacted the Hockey Hall of Fame to have the actual Norris Trophy transported to New York to be present at the party for all the guests to see. And by he, are you referring to Truba here still? Yeah, that, that was Truba. Truba called the Hockey Hall of Fame wow. to, to arrange for the trophy to be to be transported to New York to be present at the party to, to celebrate Adam Fox winning it. So... And it may not sound like much on its own, but if you add those things up, you can kind of understand why they went with Jacob Trouba as their captain. Um, and yeah, I, I expected it to be Kreider because Kreider is the leader. And I've spoken to so many prospects over the years and prospects always talk about how Chris Kreider takes them under their wing. Yeah, Jacob he welcomes Trouba, them early on. He welcomes them early on. You know, uh, he he invited guys like Robertson and Rushev and Crawley uh, and Lafreniere and Miller all to Connecticut to work out with him in the offseason over the last couple of years. Um, but the same can be said for Jacob Truba. Keandre Miller playing with Jacob Truba has really emerged as a top four defenseman in the league. He has taken him under his wing and he's done it with other players too. It's just that that was not really known or really visible to us as fans, but it was definitely there. And Look, I don't think much is going to change in the locker room. Jacob Truba has, has reached out to the four remaining alternate captains. As we know, Strom left. So the four remaining alternate captains are Panarin, Kreider, Zibanejad, and Goudreau. Correct. And, and Truba said to them, I don't want anything to change. This is still our leadership group. And, you know, I don't think much will change. We'll, we'll go from four, from six alternates to four. We're probably going to have two guys for home games. And two guys for road games with Truba being the captain for every game. So you're going to have three letters in a game. Yeah, it, it'll, it'll sort itself out. But it's good to see that Truba wants that leadership group to stay intact. And look, Chris Drury, it was if, if, if there was not a trophy or sorry, if there wasn't a player already whose nickname is, is like, you know, uh, the best captain or whose legacy is not the best captain in the NHL, then Chris Drury would be in the running for that. He may not be the best player of all time, but he captained teams to, uh, to championships at almost every level, every level. If there's one guy I trust to pick the right person as captain, it's Chris Drury. I mean, it's what, it's what he's known for, right? You know, even during exactly. South, the Rangers didn't necessarily play his best hockey, but there's a yeah. reason why I didn't take long for him to come in as captain. I think and, yeah, I, I, I always say, and I always have to explain it, like I always have to add a disclaimer at the end, but I always say that Chris Drury was a better captain than Ryan Callahan and Ryan McDonough. Not a better player, but like as a captain, he was he was better. He was a leader in that locker room. Ryan Callahan has praised him over the years for 
turning him into the captain that he is. He mm-hmm. learned a lot from Chris Drury. Um, so yeah, Jacob Trua being the captain, it's uh, it's an interesting move, but with the information that Kenny uh, that Kenny Albert shared with us, um, the fact that they they wanted to name him captain a year ago, Gorton and Davidson were planning on naming Trua captain in 2021, but then everything everything went 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 to crap. Of course, you know we had uh, the Tom Wilson incident which happened when Truba and Kreider were out of the lineup, by the way. So maybe that plays into it a little bit as well. But you have Gordon and Davidson stepping down. There's a whole reorganization. They didn't want to name a captain right away. So, uh, or sorry, Jacob Truba didn't feel comfortable to accept that captaincy right away with everything that was going on. So they just, just pushed it out a year. But Truba was always their guy. And, you know, I'm happy for the guy. You know, he's... He's had a really strong season. He may not be on Adam Fox's level, but you don't have to be the best player on a team to be the captain. Gabriel Landeskog just lifted the cup for the Colorado Avalanche, and he's not even – he wasn't even a top three forward on that team. Yeah. We we don't you need know? to go down – we don't need to go down the laundry list of uh, captains that aren't necessarily yeah, the best. No, no team, but the, the only other one I want to mention is Dustin Brown, who won two cups in L.A. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Dustin Brown, whose number will be retired by the LA Kings in February, mm-hmm. uh, his number twenty-three. Do you know the date they picked? Is it a t- is it a date that's going to bother me? It's actually one of the one of the one of the clever ones. You know, it's it's not like oh they're doing it on the twenty-third uh, or they're doing it on two three twenty twenty-three because his number number is twenty-three. No, they're doing it on February eleventh. Oh wait, wait! Before you say why, can I make a prediction? Sure. Is it was that the day of his uh, NHL debut? No. Oh, okay. Because that would that would have been a good one. It, that would have made sense. So when the LA Kings won the cup in 2012 and 2014, their their uh, alternate captains were Matt Green with number two, Andre Kopitar with number eleven, and he was the captain with twenty three. So two, eleven, twenty three are the jersey numbers of the leadership group that won them two. That's cups. cool. That's cool. You have to admit yeah. that's a cool one. That, 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 is, a that cool is a cool one. Yeah, I can't I can't hate on that. That's pretty neat. Yeah. And yeah. I, I did want to mention here about Truba how you heard from Kenny Albert just the multiple types of ways that Truba has kind of solidified himself as that focal point in the locker room to really have a say and, and a positive influence. But what we did see as well that came out public publicly, and I'm gonna assume it for the most part, you know, you had all these Rangers come out and make statements both verbal and written. And a lot of them were just saying how basically as soon as he got in the locker room, like Truba was the guy, like he Mm -hmm. was the man that really took control of that locker room. He was the one that wasn't necessarily just the most inviting, but was the one that really was putting the foot down in in, in key games and things that matter. Like he was that big voice and not to denounce the potential of the big voice that you get with the likes of a Chris Kreider or Mika's Banjad among others, but Truba made himself known right from the jump when he arrived in New York a couple of years ago, which again is something that if we weren't given this information, we probably wouldn't have known. We see his, we see the vocals that he shares on the ice, like any other player, of course. But it's still, it's another thing to hear this almost universally throughout the entire locker room saying that, yeah, like Truba has been our leader for a little bit now. So it's yeah. not like none of this should be surprising. It's a little bit more surprising for us fans because, again, we didn't have this type of information until now. But I am glad in hindsight to look at this situation and say that, okay, 
it doesn't feel like that Kreider got completely slided or it doesn't feel like, you know, even Zibanejad to a lesser extent got completely slided. It looks mm-hmm. like Truba has been the guy. And for the most part, again, there's probably some feelings from certain players, but I'd imagine that at minimum 95 to 98% of that locker room are in unison on Jacob Truba being that guy for them and that they are comfortable with him kind of leading the charge. And even though that that is an easy way to say, okay, that, yeah, the Rangers go through, they start with Jacob Truba, the top down, it's still a team effort. I don't think that captaincy really will change that much. I think it will continue to be exactly who he's been for the Rangers. Now he just gets to have the nice, the fan aspect, the team aspect of knowing that he is on paper, a bona fide leader of this, of this team, this locker room. And of course, the organization as a whole. So, you know, I'm happy for him. I wish him the absolute best. Truba has definitely made me happy. He's definitely frustrated me. I had some moments in playoffs where I was liking him, and a lot of moments in playoffs where I wasn't liking him. Take your yeah. pick. But that 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 isn't just the case with him. That's the case with plenty of other players. So I, I'm mm-hmm. going to be a guy that's going to be glass half half full uh, when looking at yeah. playoff performance and- to an extent, and hope that he surely can help bring the Rangers and continue to help development. Uh, develop them to that next level as a very physical team that I know that we're going to be gaining into here shortly. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's, he's not necessarily the best player on your team, but he does make people around him play better. Um, in, in Winnipeg, he played with Josh Morrissey, who was on a great trajectory. And then they Truba left and Morrissey's game just kind of fell off. It's, Similar, although Truba is a better player than Justin Braun, it's similar to Justin Braun in San Jose, where uh, Vlasic was playing really great with Braun, and then Braun left, and Vlasic's game took a hit. And this is this is just really good to see that that they recognize this with Truba. You know, Miller had a really good uh, surge this season. Yeah, they had a slow start, but I think mid-November he really turned it around and. By by mid January, he was he was the best defenseman on on the Rangers at times because you know Fox wasn't having a great uh, a Norris caliber season this time around. But yeah, Truba, if you if you look at everything and if you hear what Kenny Albert said about him, if you hear what what he's done behind the scenes, which we as fans don't really get to see, unfortunately, the the choice for him to be the next Rangers captain makes more sense. And oh, I'm, I'm I'm definitely happier with this captaincy announcement than the one in 2014 when they when they gave Ryan McDonough the captaincy without him being being part of the leadership group before that. Um, that that was such a weird situation, and I was kind of worried that they were going to go that route with Adam Fox this time, make him captain right away without being an alternate first. Um, but ultimately, we also have to realize as fans that. Putting a C on a jersey doesn't make someone captain. They just put the C on the jersey of the guy who's already acting like the captain. If Correct. that makes sense. Yeah. No, you are right. That does make sense. Yeah. And I I wanted to address a couple more things as we pivot into the uh, further segments here in our episode today. One I thought was funny here in the live chat from Raphael says, can we take a moment to appreciate that everything Statboy Steven predicted was wrong? The winner of the East didn't win the cup. Mott and Cop didn't did not return. Kreider was a name captain. LOL. <laughs> Steven. I want I wish I wish we could have you in like black and white and you have like that that depressing song. Yeah, just drink, just drink, Steven. <laughs> Granted, I thought I thought that most of those things would happen too. So yeah. 
That's why they're called predictions. Exactly. And that and again, I, I these things happen. I have been very vocal about wanting Vinny Trocek. Somehow Rafael doesn't mention that. I mean, I've been talking about Vinny Trocek for about a year now. And True. You you so, do like Trocek. That is fair. That is fair. And the Rangers did acquire this guy named Vinny Trocek. Yeah, <laughs> Coincidence? Yeah. I think not. Um, at Big Apple Hockey in the chat, how's it going, buddy? He says, hey, boys, I think the Truba was a good choice. Awesome. Appreciate your kind words and your as always. Appreciate everyone here in the live show. Or if you're listening just audio-wise, appreciate you guys for that too. But I want to mention a couple things because I we really haven't acknowledged them. Well, one is... The return, not that it means much, because it really doesn't. A kind of interesting one. The Rangers bring back Jimmy VC. Uh, we did not discuss that. Well, it's not official yet. I haven't it's not. Seen it's not official, but it's it's. It feels like the it's there. I mean, unless is, is like, unless is, is Larry this... Brooks got something wrong, which mm. again, it's Larry Brooks. Well, I so. mean, <laughs> Larry, Brooks, Larry Brooks also said Derek Stepan wasn't going to get traded two hours before he was traded to Arizona. So true. True. Um, so. No, We're going to go um, with an assumption on this one. If Jimmy Vesey rejoins the Rangers, it's not going to be for more than a fourth-line role, and he's going to have to battle with Sammy Blay, Ryan Carpenter, Barkley Goudreau, Ryan Reeves, Dryden Hunt, Julian Gauthier, and Johnny Brodzinski. I really just don't see the fit. I don't Other see the than fit. Depth. Maybe you have him in uh, in uh, Parmi with the Wolfpack, but I don't see the fit either. I it, what I, I I'm I'm not even sure he's going to sign with us. I think I think he's going to join the Rangers for preseason on a tryout, like he did with the Devils before he signed with them. He's he's going to get a tryout like we did with uh, Ryan Malone a couple of years ago. You're going to get a couple of guys on a tryout for preseason. They're going to play a couple of games, and then they, then they make the decision. But VZ has to beat out like four or five guys to even make the team on the fourth line. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not going to break a sweat at all if, if this does not happen. I'm just mentioning it because I know that this is something that has swirled right around the same time, coincidentally enough, around that time that Truba was anointed captain. But news mm-hmm. that did happen – that I'm I'm pretty certain about is is the Rangers making a nice acquisition of Garth Joy. Did you see this announcement? Steve? Yeah, Garth Joy and uh, Andrew Snyder. Yes, yeah. especially about Joy. I like this pickup for uh, the Rangers. He was a longtime pro scout for the Colorado Avalanche, and the yeah. Rangers have now brought him in for the role, as a matter of fact, of the new associate director of player personnel and pro scouting. And that's big so because apparently one of Joy's key roles during his time in Colorado for multiple years was advising his general managers on potential NHL trade acquisitions. Yeah, so uh, I think it was last year the Rangers acquired John Lilly from the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. Yes, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think John Lilly and Garth Joy will work side by side. Garth Joy comes in to replace Chris Morehouse, who left, I think, for the San Jose Sharks. To become an assistant general manager there. Shout out to David Quinn, by the way. He's the head coach in the AHL again with the San yeah. Jose Sharks. <laughs> uh, and then general manager in San Jose is Mike Greer, who also came over from the Rangers organization. Yep. Um, and then we had Kevin Maxwell, who left. Um, I'm trying to remember where he, I think he went to the St. Louis Blues. Kevin Maxwell. He you was with the more than I would for over a decade. So there are some organizational changes, um, uh, but. 
overall, I think I think the Rangers are now in a position where they've replaced the guys they wanted to replace. Of course, Bobrov left a year ago. Yeah, that left a big hole. Now Morehouse is leaving. Bobrov went with, uh, with Gordon to Montreal, correct? Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I hope that the Rangers are now going to revamp the European scouting a little bit more. More because, look, in Europe, you still need to be able to draft the right guys. Look at the Detroit Red Wings. You know, Ranger fans complain all the some, some Ranger fans complain all the time about drafting too much from Europe, but the Red Wings have drafted like half the population in Sweden the last couple of years. It's ridiculous, but it works. You know, they they drafted Moritz Sider, even though he's German, he played in Sweden. They have a really good system there. If the Rangers can do something similar, because there's not a lot of teams that have that kind of extensive scouting in in Sweden, in even Sweden and Finland. Uh, their North American scouting need a revamping. They've done that now. They've made some really good picks. You know, Brandon Othman, uh, Braden Schneider, uh, Matthew Robertson, Will Cooley, uh, Dylan Garand, some good picks out of major juniors. Um, so, yeah, I think we'll have to wait and see how the new guys do. But it's interesting that they, that they were able to find replacements on such short notice. Yep. No, 100% agree with you. And you know what, Stephen? I think I'll give I'll give you the option. Do we want to pivot to Othman and the World Junior Championships now, or do we want to go to Team Physicality and wrap things up on the World Junior Championships? You take your pick. We'll do whichever. Um, let's let's go with Team Physicality first, and then we'll that, that that'll tie right into the World Juniors. To be honest, I'm glad I'm glad that you picked that because you know I felt like that that was kind of a nice pivot from Truba as is. Because when you think about Physicality, you think no further than Jacob Truba. He's the man that. Look at what happened with Jujar Kara, which was a clean hit this past year. Literally put the man in like a stretcher. See what happened with Sidney Crosby. Apparently, there's a there's a large contingency of fans. Almost all of them are not New York Rangers fans, might I add, that believe that it was a dirty hit. There's a well, lot of people that well, believe. Uh, wait, the, I said I said almost. I said no. no the, the true hit on Crosby is often labeled a headshot, but he didn't even hit the head. I know. So I know. And, again. Uh, Am I surprised that a man who has concussion issues in his career to begin with got concussed by a big hit? No, I'm not at all. Um, but that's that's besides the point. Truba has been the the clear leader, not just in the locker room, but on the ice when, it, when addressing physicality. And, Stephen, I'm curious what your takes are right now on you look out as we look. Give a quick outlook on the 2022-2023 Rangers and the team physicality. It's something that I they obviously improved to a degree this past year than what we saw in the Tom Wilson incident era the year prior. However, this team, not too many drastic changes, but starting with the center position, I think you can make the rightful argument that the Rangers have already brought in more team physicality with a player that is hard-nosed, who has some slight edge to his game, and Benny Trocek. He's not afraid to get in those corners. He's not afraid to use his body. And I would write, I would easily make the argument that he's a more physical center than what the Rangers had in both the Ryan Strom and Andrew Coppola like. So what's your take on Trocek's physicality and the remainder of the club as we head into our next season? Yeah, I think Trocek's biggest asset that he brings to this team is not necessarily his physicality. Of course, he has it. But, um, you know, he's really good on face-offs, really good possession player. He, you can trust him to take your defensive zone draws. And even if you, if he does lose the draw in his own zone, that's where that physicality comes in. He doesn't mind going into the corner and win the puck back. Whereas Strom didn't really do that. And Andrew Kopp, he wasn't here long enough to make a real good assessment on this team. 
but probably not what the Rangers were looking for in that second line center position. Um, the, but yeah, I mean, Trocek physicality better than strong. He's not, he's not a bruiser, but he's not afraid to go into the dirty areas. And then the other guy they, they got because they had to keep their Orion quota at a, at a steady level at three is Ryan Carpenter, uh, who of course played for Gerard Gallant in Vegas for the golden Knights. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, played for the Calgary Flames, the team that Kevin Rooney signed for. So we, we basically uh, traded them without even it, trading it, them. It, it's essentially a trade, yeah. Um, so they keep their their number of Ryan's at three with Lindgren, Reeves, yeah. and Mel Carpenter. Um, which, by the way, the Rangers have had at least one Ryan on their team every season this, in the salary cap era. That honestly. I don't mind if that changes. <laughs> um, and, of course, we have the return of Sammy Blay, who was activated from LTIR yesterday. So he's about damn time. Here. Happy to have you back, Sammy. On opening night. Um, on defense, Braden Schneider is a year older. Keandre Miller is a year older. And Keandre Miller in the playoffs, if you remember, was playing with a little bit more of an edge than he did in the regular season. If he can, if he can build on that, if he can carry that into the regular season, our defense is going to look really good. Um, right now, the the only question mark is who's going to be your third pair left-handed defenseman. Is it going to be Jones? Or is it going to be Lundqvist? Or is it going to be Libor Hayek? I mean, I, I, if 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 you want I, to, if, if you Hayek if you can't want be playing, bro. out of the three. Libor Hayek is the worst. He shouldn't be playing simply because he's not good enough. I really just hope that the Rangers and these kids make a statement here in camp where, like, it's not yeah. even discussion. You know, that Hayek is yeah. either your seventh defenseman or is with the Wolfpack. Yeah. I mean, that's what I, that's what I hope for because that's kind so of the mindset that we had lately is, heading in the last season. So now the question is, is it going to be Jones or Lundqvist? Now, Lundqvist is, is a little bit better at absorbing hits. So What about Matthew Robertson, though, Stephen? Uh, I don't think Matthew Robertson is NHL ready. He's definitely behind those two. The fact that he was invited to a prospect development camp and the other two other two weren't is a clear indicator that he's not there yet at that level. Um, okay. But he could be. He could be like throughout the season. But they're gonna have to make a decision with these guys because Jones and Lundqvist are both NHL ready. You're gonna have to move at least one of them if you're gonna call up Matthew Robertson. You're gonna have to trade both because. You know, the last season, um, uh, Nils Lundqvist requested a trade when he was in Hartford. Zach Jones refused to to dress for one of the games I've heard when he was sent down. They're just, they don't want to be in Hartford. They're not happy. They they want to be in the NHL. They think they're good enough, and I kind of agree. They're, they're good enough to play in the NHL. It's just that we have a logjam on defense. They cannot both play on, on our blue line this, this upcoming season. So at least one of them is going to have to be traded. Um and I, I love Zach Jones. I love what he brings to the team. But with the physical edge and, and, and where this team is going under Chris Drury and Gerard Gallant, I'm not sure they I'm not sure Gallant trusts Zach Jones in, in on defense because he, look, this is not my opinion, because I think Zach Jones would be perfectly fine on the third pair, but Gerard Gallant is the type of coach that played Braden McNabb over Shea Theodore when he was in Vegas. So 
we'll see what happens there. Uh, but at forward, it's going to be very interesting what's happening there because are Kako and Lafreniere going to play top six down, top six minutes now continuously every game? Or we're going to have that weird situation where one of them is on the third line again. And Krasov, where does he fit in all this, right? Yeah. And well, if Kako and Lafreniere are our top six, together with Kreider and Panera, that would put Kravtsov on the third line with Hedl as a center. And then the other wing could be Blay, maybe Goudreau. I don't know. Which is, which is what we were hoping for last year. It feels like yeah. deja vu, the discussion mm -hmm. that we're having right now, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, maybe maybe Othman surprises in camp and, and earns a spot on opening night. Um, I'm not ruling it out. I mean, Anthony Duclair made the team in 2014. Yep. And that was a year after he was drafted. He was still – he wasn't eligible to go to Hartford at the time. He played half a season in New York, went to the World Juniors, and then finished the season in the QMJHL. A similar path could be, could be uh, in the books for Othman. So we'll see what happens there. But I think this team on opening night is better than this team was last year on opening night. Oh, I agree. And not, yeah. not just with uh, necessarily how the roster looks on paper, but more so with the experience they have now. This yeah. team now has that hunger, that taste. Now, granted, I know that Kreider, of course, he's had his runs with the team. Zabanja had the same thing among some others. However, they haven't had those runs in a while. So I'm sure it's really thrilling for them to get that taste of deep playoff hockey again. And that's going to be a heavy driver for every single one on this roster now in this the season way, going forward. I think Mika Zibanejad has proven that he's a first-line center now. Oh, I, he's been a first-line center for years, Stephen. Yeah, but there was always this question, can he do it in the playoffs? And he did. And the crazy thing, though, is that we, we were literally a game away from viewing Mika as as like the biggest issue for not showing up in those first three games against the Penguins. Like we were we were all like, wow, okay, like yeah. this is what we're dealing with. We have a big yeah. problem. Like we, we need to trade Mika. Like that was the discussion literally up in that up until game four, game five, game there six. Are, there are seven. only there are only two players in Rangers history who had more points in a single postseason than Mika's advantage. Yeah. Brian Leach and Mark Messier both in 1994. That's it. That's that's the only players that have more points than than, than Mika Zibanejad last season. He had 81 points in 81 games in the regular season, point per game. He had 50 and 56. He had 75 and 57. Uh, at 74 and 82. Honestly, he's been a point per game player for the last four years. It's good. He's he's a number one center. Um, we'll see what happens with Kreider, but the young guys are a year older. You have Lafreniere, Kako, they're a year older on defense. You have Schneider, Fox, Lindgren, uh, Miller. You know, they're young enough where a year of experience makes them significantly better. Do and, you think, do you, not to cut you off, Stephen, I just want to ask, staying on the physicality topic of it all, do you think the Rangers will carry over to a certain extent the physical presence that they've shown in playoffs? to begin this next season? Or do you think that that completely diminishes knowing that playoff hockey is always just a different animal and the Rangers will kind of go back to, you know, starting off the season as we're accustomed to them, which is a team that normally has, for the most part, a lack of physical presence. Which take do you mm -hmm. think it'll be? 
look, I don't think you're going to see a lot of fights, but the physicality, they definitely need to build on that. And having Blay back in the lineup will help. Um, Carpenter doesn't shy away from contact. Same with Goudreau. So the bottom six, I'm not worried about. The top six, you don't really have any any guys that really like to throw out a hit. And look, it's probably not going to happen this season, but I would love to see Brandon Othman play with Panarin and Trocek. I mean, the uh, you know, the forecheck that Othman has in his game, you know, he goes into the corners, he wins the puck, and then ima- imagine his slap shot on a Artemi Panarin setup. Oof. Man, that would just don't, be beautiful. Don't, don't, don't get me that excited, Stephen. We're on air right now. I know, I know. But, but maybe we're still a year or two away from witnessing that on a regular basis. But I do think there's definitely potential there for Othman to crack the top six. And maybe we'll have Kraftsoff and Kako on the third line with with another center if Hedl is insane. And then your your top six ringers would be Kreider, Panera, and Othman Lafreniere. Who knows? Um the Rangers have a lot of young players in their organization, you know, in that you're going to have to give them minutes now. Um, because same with Hedl. If not now, then when? Um, I, I forget who brought it up on Twitter, but if not now, then when? If you're not going to trust them now after the postseason they had, when are you ever going to trust them? Well, going back to Offman for a second, Stephen, let, let's pivot into Offman now because – you say that you don't expect it this season. And let, let's deep dive the curious case of Brennan Offman because there are some believers out there that maybe it could start as new as this year or it'll be, again, at minimum a year away. So what exactly makes you think that Brennan Offman is still not potentially NHL ready at this juncture? And at this point in time, when do you think is the best timeline for someone like him that us fans should expect? I'm not saying that he's not NHL ready, but we have kind of a logjam at the moment. If you if you look at our top six and we assume that Kako and Lafreniere are going to be in there, that has Kreider, Panarin, Zibanejad, Trocha, Kako and Lafreniere. So he would have to earn a third line spot. Um, you're not going to put Kraftsoff on the fourth line. So if Kraftsoff makes the team and Hedo is the third line center, then it's going to be either Othman or Blay or Goudreau. I'm not sure Gallant will trust a young line of Othman, Hedo, Kraftsoff. I know we had the kit line last season, but that was with Kako and Lafreniere. This is a different beast, you know, different players. I'm just not sure Gallant really wants to go that route. On the other hand, they do have nine games to figure it out, and then they can send him down without burning a year off his ELC, or they can keep him on the team for for three months and send him back down after the World Juniors. Um, Anthony Duclair made the team in 2014 after we made it to the Stanley Cup final. That was before Hagelin was traded away. That was with St. Louis still on the team. Zuccarello was on that team. So it's not like there was like there were like massive holes in in our winger depth in, in the summer of 2014. And he still he still made the team on the third line. So I think there's a possibility, but if he doesn't make it, it won't be necessarily because he's not ready. It'll be because we are just too deep on the wing at the moment. 
Okay, that that's a, that's a far more fair assessment because it, it does it really does feel like Brendan Othman is not far off from being an AHL caliber player, which is amazing to say for a kid that was just drafted two years ago, right? Like he's last year, one year ago. Yeah, one year, like not even not even a full two years. It's insane mm-hmm. how quick Brendan Othman has progressed. You know, he dominated, of course, with uh with the uh, th- uh the Firebirds this past year in Flint for the OHL, and now he's not skipping to beat in limited time, no less here in the world junior championships, right? I, he wasn't playing in that game one. Correct me if I'm wrong. That yeah. since then he has six points in what? Seven games, three games, three, three games. Oh my goodness. That's ridiculous. <laughs> so what, what has stood out so much about often thus far here in the world junior championships? I know that he's been playing with some great talents for team Canada, but what about his game is so exciting to you as someone that again, has gotten to know him personally, did an interview with him a couple months ago, has understood how his game has been, probably to a higher degree than most Ranger fans at this juncture. And then not only him, how has Will Cooley looked? How has Sakura looked? How has the other kids that are still in the junior championships looking to really break down the latest on the Rangers prospect system? Yeah, so to start out with Othman, um, the Canada played a pre-tournament game against Sweden, basically an exhibition game before the World Junior started. In that game, Othman took two penalties, and the coach, David Cameron, um, then decided to scratch him for game one um, in favor of Zach Ostapchuk. Now, Zach Ostapchuk is not a bad player, but the, the kid had 43 points in juniors this past season. For Brennan which league? In the WHL for the Vancouver Giants. So we really picked a kid who doesn't even have 50 points when Othman had like 100 points in the OHL this past year. Othman okay. had 50 goals, 97 points. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but, you know, um, they played against Latvia. They won the game 5-2. You know, if you win as a coach, you're right, even though he was wrong. But whatever. Um, game two, Othman comes into the lineup, starts on the fourth line with Will Cooley. Um and then gets a goal and uh, uh, gets a goal set up by Will Cooley. And midway through the game, he's moved up to the first line. Now, the first line, he was playing with Mason McTavish, third overall pick last year by the Anaheim Ducks. Yep. And Connor Bedard, who's the consensus first overall selection for next year's draft. Bedard is that special talent because at the age of what was it, 16 is when he was brought in juniors. You know, the illustrious 15, age, 15. 15, that goes in hand with the Tavares's, the Stamkos's, the McDavid, McDavid et cetera. Yeah. yeah it's, yeah. and of course, Rangers legend. Let's not forget. Um, Sean Day. Sean Day, who again, not going to fault him because of what happened in his personal life. But yes, it's, it's a very big deal to be yeah. picked at that age for certain. Yeah, it's it's called exceptional status. So players are eligible yeah. when you're 16, but if you're really outstanding, they'll get they will grant you exceptional status to enter juniors a year early. Shane Wright is another player who was granted exceptional status. Uh who's of course a former teammate of Brennan Othman uh when they played for the Don Mills Flyers in the Greater Ontario Hockey League. Um but Othman most moved up to the first line um had an assist uh you know he he had really good forecheck going on and then he intercepted a pass by the goalie and then set up mason mctavish for an easy goal right in front of the right in front of the crease nice uh next game against uh czechia he's on on the first line from the start and he finishes the game with two assists um 
the first one was on the power play. Nothing really to write home about. It was it was a secondary assist. The second assist was also a secondary assist, but much more noticeable, where he had an outlet pass from his own zone into the neutral zone to Bedard, who then passed it to McTavish, who had a breakaway for a goal. So he had uh, he had three points in game one in in his first game, two points in his second game, and then in his third game two nights ago against Finland. Uh, Canada was under a lot of pressure. They hadn't generated any shots on goal in the first five minutes. Othman goes into the corner. He forces a turnover and then goes in front of the net. And it was Owen Zellweger with a shot, and he tips it in front of the net for his second goal and sixth point of the tournament. So the goals he's scoring and how he's contributing, it's really interesting because it's not like the fancy plays. You know, he's he's contributing in an NHL fashion. Now, the goal he scored against Finland, that is a goal that translates really well to, to pro hockey, in my opinion, because he goes into the corner to, to cause the turnover and then uh, positions himself in front of the net and scores off a deflection. A Kreider last season had 17 goals off a deflection. Do you know the second highest number of goals in a single NHL season? And Kreider's was first with 17. No, yeah. So since the since the NHL started tracking this in 2009, the second highest number of deflections to result in goals in a single season is 12, and Kreider had 17. Okay. Uh, so can you imagine Othman working out with Kreider and sort of like growing into that kind of player? It would be uh, from one to another. Exactly. And that net front presence is huge, and I love yeah. it because I feel like we've had discussions with people here in the show and just in general that somehow denounce chris Kreider's hands i mean like i just think that's the funniest shit he's for years now been the best of the best in the ahl adds deflections yeah. in front if you don't think that's an important aspect of a player's game everyone's entitled to their opinion you're just i mean it's it's hard to look at that and, and not look at you and say that you're wrong mm -hmm. truly yeah. i mean yeah. if it isn't for that where's Kreider on the goal scoring sheet out of his 50 plus this past year right like mm -hmm. it, it's yeah. a, it was a major factor for him absolutely yeah i mean looking at othman you know he faced adversity with uh, being scratched for game one yep Bat battled through it started on the fourth line worked his way up and he works so well with mctavish and bedard because he brings that 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 edgy forechecking style to that line and that line needed that to be honest um but at the same time he still has that snipe where he can score a goal that you know, the goal that he scored that was assisted by cooley his first goal of the tournament was a snipe from what i call his office like uh, on the uh, in the middle of the right circle he sniped it with the goalie being too late to cover um so, yeah, really happy with Othman. Six points in three games. They're playing tonight against Switzerland, which is going to be an interesting game for Othman and also Mason McTavish. Um, so I don't know if a lot of people know this, but Mason McTavish was born in Switzerland. Uh, and Brennan Othman's grandmother is from Switzerland. So don't tell me that it, they have a connection somehow. Oh, in no, their no. draft year they were allowed at age 17 to play in the Swiss league. So they played for the same team, EHC Olden. Oh, I didn't know they played together. I, I remember when often obviously went to Switzerland. Yep. They, played they played together for that team. They were roommates together in Switzerland. No shit. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so um, Mason McTavish has 13 points. Othman has six. So combined to have 19 as players with Swiss roots. 
the Swiss team they're facing tonight, all those players combined have 23 points. <laughs> they the probably wish have, that they had them on their team right now. <laughs> the two of them have 19. So tonight's going to be an interesting game. I think there's about eight players on that Swiss team that played in the Swiss league the same season as those two did. So, so they have that familiarity be, a little bit. It's going to be some familiar faces for them on the ice tonight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, of course, Cooley is on that Canada team on the fourth line. Not as big of a role, but still an interesting uh, player to 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 watch, to focus on when you watch the games. Um, he has a goal and an assist. Um, he did get a five-minute major penalty in the last game uh, against Finland in the third period. Uh, so he got a game misconduct because it was a, a knee-on-knee. And in junior hockey, if it's a major penalty, it's an automatic game misconduct for that kind of for that kind of foul. Um, and then there's goalie Dylan Garand, who played three out of the four games. They had a back-to-back, so he only played one of those two. He has a 0.930 save percentage so far in the group stage. Not bad. Um, so that wraps up Team Canada. Uh, they're facing Swe- They're facing Switzerland tonight. And if they advance to the semifinals, they will play the winner of Sweden against Latvia. Okay. Now, Latvia I'll get into a little bit more when we get to Adam Shikora, but uh, first up, Jaroslav Kmelars, who plays for the Czech, uh, Czech Republic, or sorry, Czechia, um, fifth round pick in 2021, moved to Finland when he was 14. He played for Jokerit, but this upcoming season will play for the Providence Friars in the NCAA. Uh, he had one goal uh, against, let me think, I think it was also against Finland. Um, he had a goal from a really tight angle. Do you remember the Eric Carlson goal in the playoffs in 2017? Yes, of course I do. Yeah, that kind of that, that kind of goal, really okay. bad angle shot, and it went in. Uh, good for him though, got the goal. Uh, unfortunately, also had a major penalty and game misconduct this tournament because he uh, hit Othman in the back, and Othman went face first into the boards. Of course, of course, he hits his like future teammate of all things. It's like he, they yeah, have to. Yeah. Um, no, no worry though. You know, they, I spoke to. Uh, Lars uh, about a day later and you know he and Othman met up after the game and uh Lars said that he was gonna pay he's gonna buy him a steak dinner the next time they're together in Canton New York so uh all good no hard feelings uh but it was interesting to see one prospect push another prospect into the boards uh unfortunately uh, Lars uh, suffered an injury he missed the last game of the group stage uh so he's questionable for tonight's game uh, Czechia plays um, uh, the United States with Brad Berard, who's going to be Kmelar's teammate in college. Uh, Berard has uh, only one point. He scored a, a goal on the power play against Sweden um, in a 3-2 win to, uh, to claim the, uh, uh, the top spot in the group. But he has been involved in five power play goals. Now, he hasn't gotten a point yet on those other goals, but he's been on the ice for five power play goals. So he's okay. contributing. Uh, he's a guy that, that, like on the broadcast, they mentioned it several times. He's a pest. You know, he's he's always nagging people and he's, he's always, you know, do, doing little things with a stick to, to you know, to, to snap opponents out of, out of their focus. Uh, a quick jab on the goalie's glove when he covers the puck. Um, the, the type of player that that you hate to play against. Um, that's the exact type of players that I love to have on this team. Well, it's a good thing you like those because apparently that's what we've been drafting the last two years because yep. all these guys have played like this. Um, out of the forwards we have, Cooley has been the least physical one. 
<laughs> just as saying. just as we all expected, right? And that's saying something, you know, because yeah. Cooley is the guy that everyone compares to Tom Wilson. Um, and that's, that's not because Cooley hasn't been physical. It's just that the other guys have also not shied away from from laying some big hits. So yeah, Berard's going to go up against Kmelaris' Czechia team for a spot in the semifinal. Um, and if they win, they will face uh, Finland with Kala Weissenen, who we drafted in the fourth round. Uh, Kala Weissenen and Finland beat Germany earlier today 5-2. Okay. Weissenen has a goal and an assist. And he's playing on the third line on the right wing ahead of Brad Lambert, who's on the fourth line. So that's an interesting one. Brad Lambert is is going to be a very interesting guy for me. Who um, Lambert went to Winnipeg, right? With our pick, yep. It's, it's crazy. Like from one from one big body fin in line A to the next. Obviously, yep. they are the exact same. But yep. yeah, when I realized that it was a Rangers pick too, that did sting a little bit. Just because it's not like we brought that cop, but it is what it is. Um. So yeah, that's Vicenin. He's already in the semifinals with Finland. So uh, I mean. It's hard to root for one player in the game when they play against another one that's also a Rangers prospect. So as long as Sweden doesn't win it, I'm going to be happy. I want at least one Ranger prospect to win the gold. And isn't it funny? Because for the longest time for anything in Sweden, I feel like us Ranger fans were in unison and supporting, know. you know? And now it's, now it's the only big team that we don't have representation. Um, I know. It's, it's crazy how much things can yeah. change. Uh, and then the final player to, to touch on is uh, Adam Shakora. Uh, plays for Slovakia. It's still 17 years old, as everyone knows. Second round pick this summer for the Rangers. And already signed his ELC with the Rangers. Yeah, he was the second fastest player to ever sign an entry-level contract with the Rangers after just six days. Crazy. The only player that signed an ELC faster was Alexi Lafreniere, and he was first overall pick. Inevitably, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, uh, he had one goal, Adam Shikora, um uh, against Latvia, a uh, really good, uh, uh, really good uh, passing play in the offensive zone. Unfortunately, Shikora against Finland also had a major penalty and a game misconduct. Um, he stuck out his knee and hit Joachim Kemel, who was a first-round pick this summer. Um, but so Shikora and Slovakia are eliminated because they uh, because Latvia beat Czechia, so Latvia finished in third in the group. Czechia in fourth, and Slovakia and Sikora finished in fifth. So they're out of the tournament. But yeah, Sikora, Melars, and Cooley with a game misconduct. First time ever there are three Ranger prospects in the same World Juniors tournament to get a game misconduct. The only other time the Rangers had two players with a game misconduct was 2006. Tom Payet and Zdeniek Behensky. Yeah, still don't know Zanyek at all. <laughs> Tom, I know. Tom, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't time Tom's best days with Ottawa? Uh, yes. Uh, <coughs> sorry. <coughs> You're good. Um, Tom's biggest value was uh, to be part of the Gomez McDonough trade for the Rangers. Yeah. Yes, that's correct. Wow. Um, but yeah, he played for the Senators. His brother, Taylor Pyatt, played for the Rangers years later, of course, 2013. Um, was it 2013-14, I think? Yeah, Taylor wasn't bad, but he had concussion issues too, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Zdeniak Bahansky was a third-round pick in 2004, never played for the Rangers, only played 13 games for the Hartford Wolfpack. And he retired a year or two ago after spending the last years of his career in Italy, Romania, and Poland. So... 
Wow. Um, yeah, I never thought I'd, I'd mention that name in 2022, but here we are. If anyone's um, going to mention it, I'm going to go on a limb and say that Steven's going to be the one to, me- one to mention it. So it checks out. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, but yeah, no, other than that, uh, look, Slovakia being eliminated sucks because they're having one of their best generations in two decades. Oh, um, I mean, this draft alone was massive for them. Yeah, they had Juraj Slavkovsky first overall, Simon Nemec second overall. Then they had uh, Philip Meshar at the end of the, f- the first round. Those three players were not in the tournament because they were not released by their NHL teams. So they're missing their three best players. And unfortunately, they go out in the first round in the, in the group stage. Um, but yeah, other than that, we still have six players in it. Uh, three on Team Canada, and then we have Czechia, Finland, and the United States, where we have representation. Um, and yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what Canada is going to do. Um, and um, you know, Canada, of course, is a is a is a is a is a story uh, with with a lot of like dark clouds. It's a team that has like dark clouds hanging over them because of everything that happened this year with the uh, assault cases. I know it's unfor- I as as unfortunate as it is to say, I feel like that that's something that's going to just continue to come out. Yeah. You know, as we're in a day and age with social media where we're able to find this information quicker than before. Yeah. You yeah. know, and and the sad thing, not just about hockey culture, but with a lot of sports cultures, is especially for kids, young, immature, they're doing stupid shit, really bad yeah. things a lot of the times, and now yeah, it's and, becoming and, and, more and, apparent. Till it's becoming a light now, which yeah. is a good thing. But it's a terrible thing at the same time that these things yeah. are apparent and are happening. It's it's just unfortunate that the kids of this year's tournament are you know are kind of being negatively impacted. By yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Four, five yeah, years they ago. It, it's it's no different than the than the players that were impacted with everything going on with Russia and Ukraine when they yeah. have no no factor in it whatsoever. You know, yeah. and odds are they're against what's happening too. Yet they face backlash just because at the end of the day, they are Russian, for example. You know what I mean? It's an, It really mm-hmm. is unfortunate. Yeah, I look, I, I don't want to get into the whole Russia thing, but I was kind of hoping the IIHF would do what the IOC did during the Olympics. Which was? Uh, well, when Russia was not allowed to compete in the Olympics, but the Russian athletes were under a neutral flag. So they competed as... Uh, in 2018 as Olympic athletes from Russia. Okay. Uh, and I wish they could have done something similar for the world juniors because you're taking away an opportunity for these kids. And let's, let's, let's look, let's, let's look at the world juniors as a whole, right? We, we all watch it because we want to see the big prospects. We want to see Mason McTavish and we want to see Brett Berard and we want to see Brennan Othman and Connor Bedard. And we expect those guys to play in the playoffs. But for 75% of these players, this is the highlight of their career. This is the this is the biggest stage they'll play at. Because exactly. these are guys that are going to go to college. They're never going to play pro. Or if they do play pro, it's going to be in like the Austrian league or wherever. 75% of players in this tournament are never going to have a bigger stage than where they're playing now. And... I hate that this opportunity is taken away from 18 and 19 year old Russian kids just because they were born in the wrong country. It's a damn shame. And we won't have to go on that tangent further, but I think most people are under the same mindset that, you know, don't get me wrong. There are terrible things going on, but they are not the root cause of it. So there's no need to punish them for that reason. 
Um, no. But okay, let's get to before we wrap up the show. There's two things I want to go over. One is a, is a nice comment here in the live chat. Question for Steven. What is your thoughts on new head of scouting for North America? Andrew Schneider um, was a recent scout for the Devils past few years. And he's asking specifically, obviously, because of the departure that is uh, Chris Morehouse, because he really liked what he did with the Coolies, the Schneiders, the Offmans, the Grands, uh, 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 and among, among others over the past couple of years. So what's your initial take, if at all, uh, regarding uh, new acquisition to Andrew Schneider? Yeah, I mean, he worked for the for the Devils as a scout and then the head of CHL scouting. Now, it's hard to, to really gauge what his impact has been because it's easy to look up which players they've drafted from, from the CHL, but it's not just that, you know. Um, for instance, in 2019, they won the draft lottery with uh where they they drafted jack hughes but we don't know who they would have gone with had they not won the draft lottery exactly it's it's a pretty easy decision when you have a guy that's viewed as the consensus number one pick exactly look the rangers i always get the feeling the rangers haven't scouted the qmjhl for 20 years but they're always going to pick alexi lafreniere first overall yeah um so it's not always about the players you draft and and this is difficult to gauge because we don't have that information we don't know who their list, who was on their list. And sometimes players are acquired at a later stage. You know, they have guys that they really want. Like the Rangers, uh, the names they're going to use are going to be a bad example, but the Rangers really liked Brendan Lemieux and Libra Hayek in 2016. And they were not, they were unable to draft them, but years later they were able to acquire them in trades. Yeah. Um, now it didn't work out, but those are the type of players that as a scouting staff, you still you still focus on, you still target them, even if you cannot get them. Um, but he also worked in Columbus for three years, from 2012 to 2015, where he worked directly under Chris Morehouse. I think Chris Morehouse was there already then. Hold on, oh. let me actually look, look this up before I... Before I there's, uh, always, there's always a connection. Every time that you think there isn't something to have one connected with the other, there I is. Just want to make, I just want to make sure I get this. Yeah, so uh, he worked together with Chris Morehouse, who was also a scout at the time in Columbus. Not surprised. <laughs> uh, and there's always connections, you know. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens with uh, with Andrew Schneider. Um, it's a little bit confusing that we have a player Schneider and a scouting director named Schneider, but it's what hey, it is. at least at least you're not Sam Rosen in the booth when he has to, you know, say one name that's almost identical to another. You know, this to this, <laughs> it's it's a ton twist. True. True, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see. Um, I have nothing negative to say about Andrew Schneider or uh, shit, what was the other guy now? Garth Joy. Garth Joy. I like that. I like that yeah. pickup for the Rangers. I have high, yeah. not granted, not that I'm going to see much of what Garth Joy is doing right from the jump. It mm. seems like it was a good hire for them. That's going to take a couple of years to see if it really pays off. You know, these yes. rapids. But we're still waiting for Philip Hedel to uh, to hit his stride, and he's he was drafted five years ago. One thing we can say about Philip, though, is that he was adjusted to the NHL rather quickly, has had mm-hmm. his ups and downs. But let's let's appreciate the man for stepping up in the most important stage of them all. If he, yeah. if he can do that, that that's exciting for this year, it really is. Look, the postseason with I don't know, we're, we're we're drifting off a little bit, but the postseason. With that, with that kid line of Lafreniere, Hedl, Kako, that was the highlight for me of the postseason. Yep, and hopefully Kako, Kako is the biggest question mark this season. Now, no, no denying. Like, yeah. is he going to make that 
Huberto-esque jump in which he's been comp to from his draft year and, and which would hold true, especially even at a younger age. Um, or is he someone that's going to continue to loom as a 25 to 35 point so, guy? Like what, what is Kako's ceiling going to be in this upcoming season? That's a big so question. This will be his fourth year after being drafted, right? Yes. Or his third, no third year. Third year. Fourth. Fourth. Wait, what year is it? 2022. Yeah, 2022. Yeah. Okay. So he has played three years. This is his fourth year. Correct. Since being drafted. Um, the current 52 goal scorer on the team, Chris Kreider, in ah, his fourth yeah. season after the draft, he had two goals and one assist in 23 games in, in, in New York. I know, but you can't. I wouldn't compare the two well, guys. I, the reason why Brock was from one top uh, one top yeah, to another. You can because. Development is a linear. A second I, I, overall. No, 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 no. You're, 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 I think you're misunderstanding my point here. Is that Kreider, when drafted, was not expected to make that jump right away and went to college. It's a different story with Kako. Is what I'm saying as someone that was expected to make the NHL from the jump, in which he did. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the separation and comparison is what I'm trying to say. Oh yeah, no, of course, but you know, development is still uh, it's it's different for everyone. Yeah, if you want, if you want to compare him to a second second overall or third overall pick, uh, the Sedin twins didn't hit fifty points in a single season until they were twenty four and twenty five. Yeah, and Kaka was only twenty one. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I think Van Riemsdyk and Andrew Ladd were twenty four when they hit fifty for the first time. Look, this kid is only twenty one. He's only been legally allowed to buy a beer for the last six months. It looks like he had a very good summer, though, from things I saw. <laughs> yeah yeah no i definitely oh yeah i know i know which i know which picture you're talking about yes um no and this is the thing with young players you know they're, they're a year older hopefully they can they can take that next step um because the players that had career years are probably not going to be able to follow it up chris Kreider is the fifth player in nhl history to record his 50 first 50 goal season after the age of 30 and this will surely i'm gonna as much as it pains me to say, I do not expect Kreider to score 50 goals this year. Well, here's the thing. The other four players never had a second 50-goal season. My point. So. Th- this if, was his anomaly of a year, I believe. Yeah. Same with Adam Graves in 94. When Adam Graves had 50 yeah, Exactly. Goals, exactly. That was, his, that was his anomaly of a season. Yep. So he's going to regress a little bit. If Lafreniere and Kako can pick up the slack, that's great. And let's keep in mind that the Rangers had Kreider excelling while Laffey and Kako stayed rather underwhelming point production wise. So again, if they, if they can just provide what us fans hope they can, which is assumably 40 point seasons, I'm not asking for a lot, you know, from a fan perspective, at least now granted doing it on the ice is a completely different situation. I get it. But for like, just, just asking them to both, as a top one and top two winner in this top six, give me 40 points minimum apiece. Maybe, maybe we're going to see even more than that. Like who knows? This was somewhat the expectation that I had last year for them. And neither yeah. of them hit those strides. And while Kreider excelled doing the one thing that no fans expected. So with the assumption that Kreider does go back to say 
being between a 30 or tops 40 goal scorer, which I feel like is still a little far-fetched. As much as I love Kreider, we got to see him really back it up again this year for me to be confident about it. Um, what are we going to get from these kids? You know, And, and it's going to be very important for them to take another step in their game for the sake of the Rangers and where they are right now. Not, not that it's going to drastically impact their development per se if they have more another underwhelming year given their ages, but for the sake of where this team is and what they proved so much in their first year, they would be regressing if they don't get an, an, uh, a step up in production from those two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that, that's a good point, and they need to. I just I don't want to see Dryden Hunt or Sammy Blay in the top six. No one does. No, and and if that happens, honestly, I'm going to tell you now, if I tune in at midnight for a Rangers <laughs> game and one of those two is in the top six, I'm going to bed. Go to bed. Don't waste it. Don't waste nope. it. Even if they win, don't waste it. Be like, did Dryden Hunt get the hat trick tonight? Like, if so, then. By the way, Dryden Hunt only scores when I'm in the country anyway. So True, true. So it sounds like you need to just stay in the U.S. Maybe Dryden Hunt will be uh, 2022 Chris Kreider out here. Who yeah, knows? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be in the U.S. in uh, in January. So okay. he might score a couple of goals in January. Yeah, we got to meet up. Jesus, I can't believe we haven't even done it yet. January, we got to make that happen for sure. Well, I'm not going to be in New York, though. I'm going to be in Columbus, Orlando, and Seattle. Oh, you son of a bitch. Why? Why so far? (laughs) I'm going to Orlando for a wedding. And uh, my fiance was like, the Rangers are playing the Columbus Blue Jackets three days before the wedding. You want to fly to Columbus first and see the game? I'm like, okay. And then she bought tickets right next to the cannon, which is fucking awesome. Um, (laughs) Might as well bring your earplugs. And then, and then one of my friends uh, who I've known for about ten years who lives in Seattle was like, uh, "So when are you going to come visit?" Like, ah, we can actually fly there after the wedding. So we're going to go to Seattle for ten days, see a couple of Kraken games, some Seattle Thunderbirds and Everett Silvertips games. Um, he just bought a new house, so uh, we'll be the first people staying in his guest room. He okay. has like this. He has like this entire floor with a with like a, a fan cave and we have our own bathroom and yeah. It's always nice when you can save on hotel fees on the trip. So. Oh, for, if you can save any type of fee yeah. on any yeah. type of fee and trip, it's big, but okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm, I'm sure you have a great time when we get there again. We'll, we'll definitely meet up at some point next year. Cause I know you'll yeah. be in the States more than, more than just that trip. But for this, Stephen, this was episode 63, which means we have to talk about the quick history of the Rangers, the number is 63. How many people wore the number 63, Stephen? Well, I'm actually, I, I, there's one that we actually mentioned today. Okay, so I'm just blanking right now. That's okay. We, we mentioned him. When we were talking about Brennan Othman, his, his name came up. When we're talking about Brennan Offman, he's it's not a current prospect on the team because he hasn't played a game with us. No. You're talking about a previous player. Yes. What year? 2014-15. Who in God's name? Well, I'm giving it away now. Or maybe not. No, you're not. 2014-2015, <laughs> 63. Had it been a forward. He was an NHL All-Star pretty recently, actually. What? 
Why am I blanking? Oh my god, he was on the Cup Run team. No, 2014-15. So the so year the year, after. the year after. No, why? Why don't I know this? Okay, he, I need... he was instrumental in a come from behind victory against the Minnesota Wild. Oh my! Oh, there we go. All right, it clicked. All right, my boy Duclair. I don't know why I was losing my mind so much for a second. I was like, what's happening? <laughs> and the All-Star recently, that really threw me off. I was like, who in God's name? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that, that, one, that, one, that one throws you off because he doesn't really – yeah, it doesn't really feel like he's a, he's an All-Star. Yeah, so the, the game was referring to – sorry, it was a 5-4 win actually. No, um, I, rem- I remember that game. That, that, yeah. was a, that was a crazy game for the Rangers. Yep. And yeah, yeah. That, was that the only – goal he scored with the rangers and one of them it was his first goal let me actually yeah see and it just scored. trickled through too i'm pretty sure yeah let me actually my see memory is not mistaken i had one goal and six assists in 18 games yep uh, i always he, knew declare would be a good goal okay scorer. so can you name all six teams he's played for them yeah i should be able to all right let's go we got i'm not gonna look at the live chat here too we got ottawa columbus chicago florida um, I, I, I'm literally aware of all of them, so I don't know why I'm biking right now. Ottawa, Chicago, Chicago, Columbus, um, Florida, two more, Tyler, two more, um, di- not Detroit, right? Not Detroit. No, no. I'm just thinking original six. Um, but oh, there's one original six team in the remaining two. Okay. Shit. <laughs> I thought this would be easier. <laughs> Why? Well, no, the, the, the original six team should be fucking easy. I know. I'm I'm blanking. I'm, you know when you blank, Steven? I'm not trying. I know, but I mean, if you look if you look at your shirt, you should get the original six team. Oh, well, obviously the Rangers, dude. Yeah, uh, yeah. There you go. I, was, I wasn't even counting that, so my mistake. Okay. And then there's and then there's one more. There's one yeah. more team in there. Who do we trade him to? Arizona. Okay. There you go. All right, all right. I was I was so far removed from that first deal for the Rangers. I was just focused on the past three, four years. Okay, yeah. all right, all right. And enough of making me look like an ass today, shall we? <laughs> I can't believe you almost forgot the Rangers there. Ooh. I know. Um, I didn't. I didn't almost forget the Rangers, but it's like we just talked just, about them. So, you skipped it. Yeah. Exactly. By the way, in, uh, in last season for the Florida Panthers, Anthony Duclair in seventy-four games had thirty-one goals and twenty-seven assists. Oh wow! In in true Ranger draft pick fashion, he missed sixty points. Of course, yeah, fifty-eight. <laughs> if that isn't the most Rangers thing ever, to have your prospects always fall short of sixty points, unbelievable. Until Kreider, of course, this past season. Alrighty, Stephen. Uh, it's that time. We're over an hour and 10 minutes into the show. I think that's where we're going to wrap up the show. This was episode 63 of Rangers Review. Guys, we'll hopefully record. We're going to try for early next week. No guarantees uh, by the time the World Junior Championship ends. Steven's going to be away in Scotland for two weeks uh, very soon. So should we not record, then we'll be away for a couple more weeks. And then we'll get more in the swing of things into September and then obviously into October with the season beginning. But until then, I want to thank everyone so much that chimed in this episode, either on YouTube or wherever you get your audio podcast. 
Make sure to rate, review, and uh, uh, listen. All that great stuff. Thank you guys so much. Steven, any final words before we get out of here? Yeah, if you're not doing anything else today, uh, just watch some World Juniors hockey, man. It's, it's super exciting. Absolutely. Yeah, make sure to watch the World Junior Championships. I know I, I need to get caught up, so I'm definitely going to be doing that. But for everyone, again, that's Step Boy. Steven, I'm Tyler from Wardy, Wardy NYM, and we'll talk to you guys again very soon. Let's go Rangers. Let's go Rangers.